Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Front Office Show. As always, don't forget... Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. We always appreciate getting those. Hopefully everybody is doing well out there in what's becoming Corona Country again. My name's Trevor Lane. Joining me as always, we've got Keith Smith. We are going to be talking all about what's going on right now in the NBA's comeback plan. We're also going to break down two teams, the bottom of the barrel, the Cavs and the Warriors, and what they need to take care of in the offseason. Keith, man, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. You know, we're uh, we're we were talking before we started. You and I both live in two of the states that are have decided let's go crazy and not yep. do masks and let's you know watch the numbers explode and all that. And you know, it's unfortunate and for me especially being right next to Walt Disney World, our numbers here are up, up, up. And it's not just the numbers but the percentages and hopefully that's not gonna have an impact on the NBA coming to town here in just a few weeks, but we'll we'll see. We're gonna have to keep an eye on things. Yeah, it's definitely a bit worrisome given, you know, that all of these players are going to be heading <laughs> heading there and that's where the cases are, are spiking up. Um, it's been an issue. Yeah, man, I, I went to the grocery store the other day and I've got I've got a Lakers Nation mask and I'm wearing that and I'm walking around and I counted and it was probably one out of 25 people that were, were actually wearing a mask aside from myself. That was about the average. And, then, you know, that's obviously a small sample size, but it's unbelievable. All the stats show you what a difference it makes to wear a mask. And I know people don't like to because it's inconvenient or whatever. Or it looks silly, but, but man, it makes such a big difference. And is it really all that big of a deal? Is it that difficult? Wear your mask, people. Come on. Yeah, and we both live in states where it's hot, right? Like yeah. for for us, it's you know we're up in the nineties every day now here in Orlando in the summertime, and and it's humid, and and I I hate wearing my mask. I hate it. It's not. I, I don't. You know. I, I you know. And what's funny is what I do is I just don't go out as much. I yeah. stay home a lot more. Now that's not real hard for me. I kind of like staying home quite a bit anyway. So you know, so that part. But yeah, it's tough. But I will. The, here's the one positive: our mayor of Orange County, and I know that sounds a little weird that the county has a mayor, but Florida's a different place and for a whole bunch of reasons and that's a whole other podcast we could do um but he did he did is making masks mandatory again um as you're out and about Mm -hmm. so that's good he is saying you know if this doesn't work to slow the numbers we'll go to different measures and he hasn't ruled out we'll go back to state-at-home orders if that's what we have to do and in a lot of ways I think uh stricter measures make it safer for the NBA to come to town so as long as people are following and doing their part I think it'll matter but you know, it's it is what it is. That you know, a lot of people are asking because the numbers are out there and they're up and they're scary. You know, does this impact the NBA? And I think the only real answer is we don't know yet. Right. You know, I think they're watching it, and I'm assuming they're a little bit nervous. But I would assume they're still going to come. I don't. I think this is a you know, it would have to get to a catastrophic level before they would say we're out completely. And I think in a lot of ways, it's again. I've probably repeated this on this show before. Is uh, Walt Disney World is very different from the rest of you know Florida in mm-hmm. that they they you know have the ability to isolate and control and and close to an extent, but it's not a true bubble because the cast are going to come and go that are going to be you know uh, taking care of the players. So so it is it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see how it all comes together. But they've still got about three more weeks to right. figure that out. Now the team that's interesting to me is the Toronto Raptors are going to arrive in Florida next week. 
uh, about the middle of next week, uh, or early next week, I think it's actually on Tuesday, uh, they're scheduled to arrive at Florida Gulf Coast University, which is down in the Naples area, um, which is, for those who don't know, that's on the Gulf Coast, um, which is the western part of the state, uh, down more towards South Florida. And South Florida, the numbers are worse and have been for quite Mm -hmm. some time. It's more on the other coast. But it's the state, while the state is big and long, it's not all that wide. It's only, you know, uh, at the widest points, a couple hours from coast to coast. So, right. so that's something to keep an eye on, too. What are the Raptors you know, doing and precautions are they taking and those kind of things? Because, you know, they're, they're coming here to, to avoid the whole uh, crossing the border issue for the players and personnel uh, multiple times over the next uh few weeks here before everybody gets to walt disney world so that's another thing to keep an eye on so just a lot of stuff to be watching here uh that's you know only uh very tangentially related related to basketball right well i mean you know you look at at the the numbers that go along with wearing the masks and things like that which we know the the disney cast members as they're referred to would be would be wearing them players i believe will be wearing them as well when you do that the chances of transmitting anything go down astronomically there's the different graphics that are going around showing that you know if the person that that is infected is not wearing a mask and a healthy person is wearing a mask the the rate is still somewhere around 70 percent but if the person that is infected has a mask that drops all the way down to like five percent and then if they're both wearing masks it's all the way down to like one percent or something i'm not a doctor so i can't say those numbers are exactly accurate but the bottom line is it makes a really big difference and we know that's part of the nba's plan is to make sure that everybody is wearing masks and doing all of that. But um, but all that being said, Keith, what what else are we hearing about the NBA's comeback plans? It feel it's coming up quick, but it, it feels like also we've been kind of in this limbo zone for <laughs> years now. Yeah, years sounds right. It was it was funny. I went back and forth with uh, Celtics blog contributor Bobby Manning a little briefly because uh, Mark Stein tweeted, "It's a hundred days since the NBA shut down, and it's forty something days until it'll restart again." And Bobby said, "Man, that flew by." And I was like, "Huh? Did it?" <laughs> no. You know, and I was, I was like, "Cause you know, I mean." It is funny, though. He made the point. He goes, I don't know. It just kind of feels like all one big day. And I was like, that's kind of fair, too. You yeah. you know, like there are times when I feel like, oh, that was yesterday. And then there's times when I feel like, wow, that felt like it was, you know, two years ago. So, yeah, I hear you. I think, you know, um, all of the the uh, I, I kind of separated in operations and then safety and health. Um, all that stuff came out uh, this week of what's going to happen at Walt Disney World, including where the players are going to be housed and staying mm-hmm. for the duration of their time. Um, you know, and it's it's a lot of what we expected. I think, you know, we, we worked down a lot of the things. I think, you know, my uh, knowledge of the property, you know, uh, I, I feel good held up for the most part of, you know, what I thought would happen there and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's the overall, I think the NBA did a really good job. Um, when you get down to packs of playing cards will be recycled <laughs> right. you know, and thrown away. Right. And that's the reaction, right. As we all kind of laugh, but then when you really think about it, it's important. The, the level of thought, care mm-hmm. and effort that went into these plans, how huge that is that, you know, that's the level of detail they went down to. That to me, you know, you can't beat that as, you know, that. And and I think Michelle Roberts said it really well when she said outside of a hermetically sealed bubble, 
this is as safe as you can possibly make it. And I agree with that. I, I think, you know, they're going to be there. You mentioned the cast will have masks on. They'll have mm-hmm. gloves on. They're going to socially distance when the housekeepers clean the rooms. It, the players won't be there. And it's not going to be the players uh, step out into the hall or they you know, run to get lunch. This is like they're gone for hours because they're at practice or at a game. And that's when they'll get in there. They'll do their work. They'll do all those things. Um, I've been told, um, you know, things like towels and all that, they'll all be bagged. And will come direct oh. from the laundry facility, ready to go, um, to be you know just kind of placed um, by the doors for for the uh, uh, players to get because they'll clearly you know you're going to need new towels mm-hmm. um, on a near daily basis. Um, so they're going to do everything they can to make make this really safe. Food service. The the only time you're going to see cast even close to the players is when they're actually serving them food. Yeah, because right. there's really there's the, the the worst thing you can do. I saw on that. I don't know if you've seen that chart that goes around of the unsafe things you can do, and like number eight is a buffet. Um, oh yeah, you know, and it's you know, so they're not going to serve food buffet style. I think a lot of it will be prepackaged and it'll be delivered um, to to them and preplated, um, almost convention style. If you've ever been at a convention, they plate mm-hmm. up you know hundreds of meals at a time, cover them, and then then send them out. And I think that's the closest you're going to get seeing um anybody close to these players and they're, they're, they've got all kinds of fun activities planned for them and all sorts of you know crazy stuff and you know those kind of things i know you and i both like marvel so you know they might get to see black widow oh, you know, while they're on i'm Broadway, jealous which I'm like, yeah, yeah i know right now i'm like get me in that bubble hey, get me um, i want to go to the bubble here. come on <laughs> i know right yeah yeah i'm good i just want to be there to see that and then, yeah. then i can go home i guess but <laughs> um but you know it's uh yeah man i think they're gonna do everything that they possibly can and because of that you know barring our numbers getting you know really you know crazy out of insane in the local area where it's like all right now we can't even get healthy cast in to to start this process of taking care of the nba players i i can't see any way they're going to move on and i'll answer one other question quickly that comes up a lot is it's it's walt disney world or bust at this point, yeah. there's, no, there's no nowhere no else backup. on the table. It's too late. It's, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, it's late June now um, to put anything else together in the time frames necessary. Just it just isn't going to happen. And I know people keep saying they should send them to New Zealand or, or Australia because, right. you know, they've done a, a great job. And maybe that would have been a fantastic idea at one point. But now it, it just it, it's not a day. It's too late, especially if you're planning on, you know, starting next season at any kind of reasonable time frame in the you know in the middle of the winter those types of things so yeah it's going to be walt disney world or bust they're going to make this happen or or it's you know not gonna not gonna happen and then they'll just cancel the season and move on from there i still think that they're going to it's going to happen even with those numbers going up because they they're going to be able to isolate so much i don't know like it's not great that the surrounding area is having these these rates go up and and all of that especially if you have as you have cast members coming in and out but i think with the mass and everything you can reduce the risk to a point where it's probably something that they can get done. Uh, but let me ask you this, Keith. So we we found out that teams are going to be grouped in three different hotels, and they're grouped yeah. based on their finish, right? Their, their group, you've got all the top-tier teams yep. in one hotel. You've got your mid-tiers in another, and then you've got your, your guys who are kind of hoping to make it are all in, in a different hotel. I was wondering, and I've been dying to ask you this, does the quality of the hotel change at all? Like, did the top tier teams get the best hotel and then the bottom tier teams got what was left over? Or what, you know this place, what was it like? 
Yeah, so so Walt Disney World has three tiers of hotels. They mm-hmm. have deluxe hotels, they have what they call moderate hotels, and then they have value hotels. Value hotels are what like you and me are staying in when we we do a trip, because right. um, that's what we can afford. <laughs> you know, in value hotels are not uh you know it's not Joe's roadside motel where you know you're uh, doing your business in a bucket and throwing it out the window each night. Um, it's not like that. It's no. uh, you know they're still very nice hotels. Um, they are not using any of those. Coronado Springs, which is so here's where it gets interesting. So Coronado Springs, where the Grand Destino Tower is, that's where the you know, quote unquote best teams in the league, the teams that are considered to be the best contenders right. are staying is is technically a moderate resort. But the Grand Destino Tower is less than a year old. It was built to attract high end luxury convention business. Um, that's why it was built. So it is. It's if you think of the resort as a moderate resort, but that tower is a deluxe tower within okay. that. So it's very nice, and it's and it's brand new. You know, they they it's a, like I said, it, it opened only last fall, so it, it's barely you know been open because you know I know that's approaching a year by the time they get here. But remember, the place has been closed since March, so you know, so it was only open for a handful of months uh, before it closed down. Then the Grand Floridian, that's where the should-be playoff teams, but maybe not you know, past a round or two in the playoffs are staying. That is Walt Disney World's flagship resort. That's the you know big, beautiful one. If you if you ever see pictures of the Magic Kingdom, it's the the uh, white resort with the reddish, orangish mm-hmm. roof on it and everything. And it, it's beautiful. It's absolutely high-end, you know, really luxury. It uh, regularly has the highest room rates on property um, for what it costs to stay there. Um, beautiful hotel, so it's very high end um and then the yacht club is another deluxe resort um yacht club is very small it's a smaller hotel it, it's paired um most often with the beach club resort they, they to the point where they share a pool which their pool is like a mini water park um and they most most often it's referred to as yacht and beach um because they're rarely do, do they get separated for things even though they are two two separate hotels with their own buildings and lobby and all that but they are very close to each other and it's another you know really really nice resort so it, i don't know if you saw but robin lopez uh started tweeting at the trailblazers uh you know where he had played with a lot of those guys uh, over the years mm-hmm. and said anybody wants to trade rooms with me i'll stay at the yacht club um you know because it's uh because it really is a nice hotel so all three of them pretty quick uh, uh, comparable um, to each other, all really, really nice. Um, it's just the idea is Yacht Club, those are the teams that come. They're going to be out probably the earliest. And then Disney can turn those rooms, do what they need to do, get them back in inventory for their guests. Then the Grand Floridian will be the same thing, turn those rooms, get them into the inventory for their guests. And then Coronado Springs sounds like it's going to be kind of um, uh, off off inventory for, for the duration of this time. And that's where um, the bulk of the teams will be. And I was told by someone with Disney that if a team you know, advances further than they thought, that the team may be, may be and probably likely will be asked to move. Um, to it. either Grand Floridian or to Coronado Springs, depending on who got knocked out. And they'll come in. I don't know that they'll immediately take the rooms from the team that got knocked out, because um, they, but they'll they'll do what they got to do. And there's going to be all these extra rooms set aside in inventory for like when the families come and all mm-hmm. this stuff. So so and the teams are going to be very distanced. Um, it sounded like uh, it's going to be as much as they can, a team per floor, but maybe even floors in between them and all sorts of stuff. Gosh, wouldn't that be insult to injury? Your team gets knocked out, and you've got to give up your room to the team that right. just knocked you out. Like, <laughs> they're know. standing there watching as you're packing up all your stuff. 
Yeah. Do you, do you even know like how the uh, outgoing president leaves <laughs> for the incoming president that says like, you know, hey, good luck in the playoffs. You know, you know, take them down or whatever. I I wonder how that works. I I would be very curious to see the content of those those notes, particularly with some specific <laughs> players. Yeah, some of the language maybe that's yeah in there. yeah yeah. I think that would, yeah, that would be it. a lot of if the play if we're gonna hear what all the everything the players are gonna be saying on the court because there's not gonna be any fans in the stands. We might as well find out what that note what that note is gonna say yeah, I mean, that they're leaving behind. Yeah, no yeah i want to hear I, yeah let me read it let me let me hear it all man i want i want 100 percent behind the scenes access and i fully understand why nobody else you know in the league actually wants to give us that right. you know so that that you know the amount of, the amount that they don't want us to have that should only make us want it more exactly <laughs> exactly that's that's the way it works that's the way it goes yep. um keith you know what we've got coming up we have june 24th is the deadline for players to tell teams if they are not going to be going to Orlando to play, and we know there's some names out there, we've heard you know Dwight Howard and Avery Bradley, and of course you know Kyrie, but he's not uh, not going to be playing playing, playing anyway because he's hurt. Um, but you know what, this is this is coming up, and we've already seen some players for other reasons say they're not going to be. You know, Kelly Oubre Jr. was one of the most recent ones. What do you think we're going to be hearing over these next few days? Do you think the number of players that are going to be sitting out? at Disney World is going to keep going up, up, up? Or do you think it's going to be more of a small group? What what should we be expecting here? Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty small group. I think you're going to get the Uber type of guys who are recovering from an injury, Mm -hmm. um, who are, you know, it might not, it's probably just strictly health, um, injury health, not coronavirus health, but, but injury health related. It's probably not a good idea for a guy like him to play anyway. You know, unless he, you know, unless you're a hundred percent clear, I, I don't know. I don't. It just that feels a little weird because re- remember, right? They were talking about, yeah, he's done for the year, and now that was when it looked like the Suns were, you know, quite frankly done, done. Yeah. and you know weren't going to be be coming back. But even at that point, I think there was some reporting. I would have to go back and look it up. Of you know, even if we make a playoff run, he's probably not going to be a part of it. So, so yeah, I, I think you might get a couple guys like that. But but then you're seeing, you know, on the flip side. You know, a guy like Ben Simmons, who is definitely out for the rest of the regular season, and then we were going to see for the playoffs. Now we're getting all these videos. He's playing pickup games with LeBron, and you know, yeah, and he looks great. So, you know, so I think you're going to get guys like that. I don't think you're going to get very many players who sit out. I think my my main reason for this is, I think health wise, it's it's. I think they're going to get bought into what's uh, happening. Um, health wise and that they'll feel good about being on board. But then as I look at it, I think the um the players who are uh you know on the fence because of the Black Lives Matter movement and the social justice, I believe that that in the next week here, the NBA leading up to that, you know, opt in, opt out deadline um of the twenty fourth, I think the NBA is gonna be really focused with those those players and other players of Here's what we want to do while you're at Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. And someone from the league told me, which I, is really resonating with me, is these games matter because we're trying to crown a champion. But we really want these games to matter in the community. We want to do yeah. big things with this, you know, national stage. Um, you know, it, it, we've made this running joke as a couple of baseball fans, and we're still sitting here. Who the hell knows what they're going to do, right? It's one day they're close, and then the next day, no, we're not. You know, so so they're really going to have this the sports landscape to themselves at least for the month of August um, until the NFL gets up and running, and you know that's going to be a really huge opportunity um, for the NBA to do a lot of things. And I think um, talking to some players and some folks within the league, there's a lot of belief of 
this is an, a really big opportunity for us to to do some things here and we're going to make the most of it while we're here now what does that mean I, I don't know i don't have any of those details and i don't know what that should mean but i do think you know i i, I take that as you know a completely genuine thing that they believe you know we have a great opportunity here let's make the most of it so i think think that's you know the direction we're headed and because of that that's a super long answer to your very easy question of I don't think a lot of guys are going to sit out. I think it's going to be a relatively small amount. I think one of the other interesting angles to look at here, and we'll after this we'll dive into you know the Cavs and the Warriors and breaking them down. But uh, but the other thing that I that we've seen is that some of the players who are coming up on contractual situations where they could get a new deal this coming summer. You're talking about you know like Jason Tatum is probably the most prominent who has a lot of money coming to him have a little bit of concern about playing, knowing that they're ramping things up quickly. Therefore, perhaps the risk of injury goes up, which means they could lose a lot of money if there's some sort of catastrophic injury. So yeah. what what do you do there? I mean, I don't think that anybody's going to sit out, but this has to be a real concern for some of these players that have a lot of money on the line and putting themselves into a potentially dangerous situation. Yeah, so there's two things that are working in there. The first is um, these. a lot of those players already have um, insurance policies that cover them for injury for some of the loss. Uh, but those, those are policies that they already have run out June 30th. And they're not um, – it's kind of like your car insurance. Like just because something else happened in your life doesn't mean your car insurance automatically adjusts its dates, right? You have to go in and proactively do that, and that's going to come at a cost. So that's one of the things that are being looked at. The other thing is those insurance policies, if they take out new ones to protect against loss, they're extremely expensive, and then they're very, very hard to, to collect on if anything does happen because let's just look at the example if you're the insurance company the the perfect example is you're going to throw back at any player who's like if i tear my acl at walt disney world i potentially miss out on a max contract they're going to turn around and say clay thompson and kevin durant torn acl torn achilles both got maximum contracts so where is you know if you're worthy of it you're going to get it and nba history kind of tells us because of the you know the way guys can recover now and the way the science Mm -hmm. is with injury that a lot of guys they're they don't miss out on those things they they get those big deals anyway so that's going to be something that we're really going to have to watch and see but the other piece is, and uh, Steve Bullpett reported on this from the Boston uh, Herald. Um, it, it was mostly about Jason Tatum, but he mentioned a couple other players in there too, Donovan Mitchell and I think Bam Adebayo. Right. They're still going to play. They just want to know, what can we do? And one of the things that, that some agents and some teams are proposing is, hey, if we can in you know, October, we can sign these guys to these max extensions, why can't we just do it now? Get it out of the way. Right. You know, and I can tell then you they the don't Celtics – Exactly. The Celtics have no qualms with offering Tatum a full max extension, you know, tomorrow if allowed versus having to wait a couple more months and see how it shakes. It's not like they're going to be like, well, you know, geez, he, he didn't play so good in the playoffs, right. you know, in this weird season. Like we're, we're out on him now. You know, he's $10 million a year guy. That's not the case. Um, the other thing is to be very clear about this. All of these guys that are mentioned. So Tatum, Mitchell Adebayo, Kyle Kuzma, mm-hmm. they're all under contract for next year. These are deals that would kick in with the start of the season after, with the start of the 2021-22 season. 
is when these contract extensions would stick in and kick in. Not next year, not 2021. Right. Um, They're not free agents coming up. Yeah, exactly. So there's been a lot of confusion about that because people are like, well, you know, they're, they're running the risk of losing them next year. No, that's not the case. They're, they're locked in, you know, next year. And this is, that's just how the process always works. It's a, it's a year ahead that that these extensions can, can go in. That's why guys like Ben Simmons and Jamal Murray, did their extensions and now they're sitting to wait to see, you know, they're both on, um, their terminology is max contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and wherever that max contract lands out at, that's what they get. So that's what, what they're, you know, kind of anxiously waiting on. But, but yeah, it, it, it really is interesting to, to see which way it goes. My personal opinion and preferences, let them sign these guys if they want now, but only if it's a max, that would be my thought is if you're going to sign them to a max deal, you can offer it, you know, tomorrow. You can do that. Anything else that's not a max deal, it's got to wait because then that's where it starts to get real messy. Yeah. Of you know, well, what would it be? You know, those kind of things. But if you're offering a max contract, which I think you know, um, Tatum, Mitchell, maybe Adebayo, um, I, I would do Adebayo myself personally. Um, I would give them all maxes. Everybody else, the all right, we'll wait. Let's let it play out and see. Because chances are, you're probably not costing yourself, you know, uh, any you know real money anyway, unless you know it's a completely catastrophic injury. And let's you know knock on wood here real quick yeah. and you know hope that that doesn't happen. It's not like a Sean Livingston injury or anything like that, where they're you know yeah, kneecaps exactly. on the wrong side and you know, yeah. grossness. Yeah. Um, or but, a guy like you know Jordan Adams from the Grizzlies who then sure. you know had so many you know knee problems that he was never able to play again. So. Yeah, yeah. And it, just to, to clarify for everybody out there, when we say a max contract, I know a lot of people will go, oh, max contract, that's too much, it's too much, you know, whatever it is. For these guys coming off the rookie deals, you're talking about a 25% max. You're not talking about like a Kevin Durant max contract. It's it's different based on years of service. So uh, there is less risk now, involved it could be a because 30, it's lower max. Right. Good. Sorry to interrupt, but it could no, be a thirty because you could put the the language in there of if they you know Rose Rule qualifies, sure, sure, they could the bump Derek up. Right. You know, and Tatum might be on the you know Tatum's a borderline All NBA guy this year, so you know that could be you know he could qualify. Bam out of bio, I think borderline All NBA guy. Even Donovan Mitchell, I'd say those three guys are all you know right in the mix and they could qualify. But yes, it's this is not the full you know uh, close to forty million dollar a year right. starting salary max contracts. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so it's a little bit different there. All right, yep. so what we're going to do as we kind of get closer and closer to basketball here is we're going to break down some of the teams that are no longer playing because why not? They have started their off seasons, right? They're they're done. They're not going to play. And so we're going to dig into exactly what they can do. Um, I'm excited to get to a few of these teams, particularly uh, today we're going to be talking about the Cavs and we're going to be talking about the Golden State Warriors. And I think the Warriors are in a really interesting position. So let's let's finish with them. Let's start with those poor Cleveland Cavaliers. Bottom and, of the and let's, barrel. Let's, let's call this like John Hollinger called them the delete eight. Cause I think that is fantastic. <laughs> the delete so, eight. So I, like I, will, I will, you know, with full credit to John Hollinger of the athletic, let, let's, let's use that. Cause I, I cannot possibly think of a better, better name for, for this group of teams. I think that is fantastic. That is, so that yes, is the perfect. Perfect. And yeah, that this Cavs team, Oh boy, um, this is this is a mess. <laughs> this is quite a mess for for them. Uh, you know, in terms of cap space, contractually, all of that. There there may be some opportunities here. I know we haven't hated everything that they've done uh, moving forward, but bottom line, this is a bad basketball team, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they play things this year. I don't know that there's a whole lot of room for them to improve outside of of hitting on a big draft pick. 
Yeah, I mean, that's really where it is unless they make some really unexpected trades. They're not going to have any cap space, so that's uh, a little little bit – it's funny, the two teams, you know, the two worst teams in the league, uh, at least record-wise right now, uh, neither one of them has any chance at having cap space this summer. And in the uh, Cavs, you know, they might have had a chance at some cap space, but they went a different direction at the trade deadline when they they acquired Andre Drummond. They they brought him in for, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, good-sized expiring contracts. They were going to come off their books so so it looks like you know uh, free agents for them just to cover them tristan thompson's a made one main guy yeah you're kind of looking at there um drummond has a player option for 28.7 million um and i apologize if you're catching my ear there i gotta look at my other screen um but he is uh you know he's gonna pick that up there's no way he declines that because it's not just not the this environment this summer's too much because the cap's going to um, be going down. That exactly. that, that makes, I know think, there was there was a lot of discussion about that when they traded for him. Will yeah. he pick up his option? Will he not? It feels yeah. more likely that in general across the board, a lot of the guys with player options are now are now more likely to pick them up than they were just a few months ago. Yeah, and while bigs still get paid, um, pushing thirty million dollars for a big man in kind of the middle of his career, that's that's questionable. Um, that he would have you know recovered that in a single season. So, mm-hmm. so let's. Let, I'm taking him off the the board as far as free agency goes. I think he you know most definitely opts in. So you're talking Tristan Thompson, Matthew Delvadova. And Ante Zizic. Those are their three mm-hmm. three uh, main free agents. I think you know, Zizic probably gone um, would be my guess. Maybe he comes back. Now, they declined his, um, I believe it's his third-year option. Well, let me check that. Yeah, his fourth-year rookie-scale option. So they are capped at being able to pay him only $3.8 million. Next year, I mean, that's that's even that's a lot of money. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not in the NBA and if he's back overseas. And there was some excitement, excitement for him when they got him in Big that time. trade for, uh, with, yeah. uh, with Isaiah Thomas. Uh, he came over Kyrie, from Boston. Yeah. Yeah, and the Celtics loved him. They, you know, and there were there were scouts who said, you know, this guy would have been a lottery pick. Yeah, um, you know, if he had, you know, come out in the draft when he actually did come over because he he was a stash for a year. So, uh, Delavadova, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's not a bad you know third guard to have around with uh, Garland and Sexton. Um, they still have. Uh, gosh, who am I thinking about? Um, there they've got Kevin Porter. You know, another guy's mm-hmm. you know got more of a wing. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Delavadova's back. I know they like him. The coaching staff likes him. He's well, he's beloved in Cleveland from you know helping helping them win the title uh, that year. And then Tristan Thompson's a really interesting one though because he's. I mean, still good, still defend, still rebound, you know, score a little. He's starting to maybe hit some jumpers. I don't know that we're calling him a stretch five or anything uh, now. But, you know, I, I wonder, like, if you're the Cavs, you've got you've got him, you've got Larry Nance Jr., you've got Drummond, Love. That's that's a lot of guys that all play roughly the same-ish positions. Right. I mean, I, I w- if I was Cleveland, I would just move forward with Drummond, Love, and Nance. And that's your three-man big rotation, and just you know deal with it. You you can get by with that. That's not that's more than enough depth in the NBA um, today. And, and you know as hard as it is to say goodbye to Tristan Thompson, you know let him go catch on somewhere with with another team. And I remember we we probably had this conversation at some point about buyouts and all that. Right. And, you know I mean he would fit in you know great with any number of team. The other team we're going to talk about, he'd be awesome for the Warriors. Yeah. You know, at the five for them, he'd be, you know, he'd be a great fit for the Lakers at the five if they kind of just, you know, start to recycle a couple of the bigs. Uh, Houston, another team, he'd be, you know, really good fit in there to come in. 
you know, and give them some minutes at the five. So, so I think he's a guy who, you know, he'll have plenty of suitors. It's just, I, I just don't see Cleveland. I know that's hard because he's been there for so many years. I just don't know that that's, I don't know that I'd go all that far to, to, um, to retain him. And that's nothing to do with him. That's just more where the Cavs are at. Yeah, and you know what, given the state that he's in as far as his career goes, I would be surprised if he went back to Cleveland. I think he would prioritize winning unless the Cavs were willing to fork over a lot of money, right? Unless they were they were willing to pay him way more than somebody else, then then I could see it, but I I don't see why they should. I don't think that he's a, this yep. this piece that is going to, you know, help them build for the future or anything like that. You've already got Andre Drummond in. Um I think they might as well go ahead and, and let him go somewhere else. But then the big question, of course, Kevin Love, I mean, he's got three years left on his deal. He got $31 million, $31 million, and then uh, and then about $29 million on that contract. Everybody's kind of just waiting for the Cavs to move him, but it feels like there's so much money owed to him that it's going to be hard for them to find a market. So what, what do they do with him? Because clearly he's too good to be toiling away on a rebuilding team, but is there another team that really wants him enough to take on that salary? Yeah, that's a great question, and that's the tough thing. Now, it gets easier to move him with each passing year, mm-hmm. right, because there's less years left on that deal. And and I think Kevin Love's still a good, productive player. It's just, you know, matching $31 million is just so hard. You know, that, it's so it's so much money. And I, and I got to wonder if you're the Cavs. If you look at it, it, here's my guess is how this conversation is going down for them right now, is do Sexton and Garland, with a year of improvement, in the backcourt, um, plus Kevin Porter, plus you know Dylan Windler, who they're super high on that missed the entire year, who's their their other first round draft pick mm-hmm. last season. Um, they believe you know he could come in and be a shooter with Love, with Drummond, and then some other vets. You know whether it's Delavidova or whoever to fill out the bench, um, along with with Larry Nance Jr. Is that enough to get in the mix for the playoffs? The bottom of the East maybe Probably i mean not. you're banking on yeah i don't think so i, I think they have dante exum as well we or, should mention yeah, Dante Exum, yeah. I think Sexton and Garland still probably at least a full year away from being in that, um, you know, uh, kind of the conversation there. But maybe if they take huge jumps, I think Darius Garland was one of the more improved rookies mm-hmm. uh, throughout the course of his year. I think when they started putting the ball in his hands a lot more and started playing Sexton off the ball, um, I think they really they, they were a more watchable team at least. I think Garland is more of a pure point guard, and he's still not a pure point guard. He's more of a scorer. Um, you can, if you squint real, real hard, you can see the the Lillard McCollum stuff um, there because neither one of them, you know, they're both more scoring guards and playmakers yeah. um, for others, and those kind of things and that, but they're not at that level. Those no two guys are, yeah, and those two guys were at that level almost right away. Um, they were so good, but you know, you can you can at least maybe understand a little bit where that sure. starts to come from, but it is, um, you know, it, I, I, yeah, that's the tough thing is, you know, but with love, where are you moving him to? You know, that becomes a question. Now what this summer though, nobody has cap space, cap environments, very unstable. We don't know the best way for teams to make improvements, maybe via trade. It maybe somebody says, well, you know what? Derek, Kevin love can slot in here. He can play the four or five for us. He can be a big time shooter. We'll figure out the money, you know, down the line. Maybe we can move him again if we need to. Maybe he does get moved to, you know, to a better team. He can mm-hmm. tend there. But, but going back to what you had said is, um, you know, I think their best path to improvement long term comes with the number two pick in the draft. Number two right now. Right. Pick the draft. We don't know what, what will shake out from the lottery, but they're going to have a good high pick. 
Um, and I know we we haven't you know spent a lot of time talking about the draft and and the different guys, but as I look at it, I think you know maybe a guy like Anthony Edwards could fit in there a little bit. You know, another wing scorer. Um, you know, for them, I think you know he might make some sense. I wouldn't mind seeing him even if they dropped a little bit in the draft, and you know, a guy like Denny Avdija, um, or Onyeke Onyekwe Okongu, um, I think could be pretty good. And I, I know I just butchered the poor guy's name, um, there, but you know he's a big who could help them. I think you know James Wiseman if they're not sold on Drummond being their guy, I think he's another guy who could you know be pretty good. But yeah, they, it's it's just one of those drafts where it's like they've got a awful lot of holes the one i just and not that i think sexton or garland are so great that i wouldn't um draft another guard um but the the guy'd have to be convinced that the guy's going to be better than the two Mm -hmm. of them because otherwise now you're just throwing another guy in the mix when it's did you really need to do that yeah they have to be careful and and look we always say and by the way i thought you did you did very well with that with that name so (laughs) (laughs) yeah but probably butchered that but but you know we're not going to go too in depth into the draft or anything but the bottom line for me is i'm always saying you draft talent i don't care what position they play especially when you're a rebuilding team like the Cavs. if you're not convinced that garland is the guy that sexton is the guy and you have somebody there that you think is going to be the best player you draft that player even if they play the same position as somebody else you already have you can always fix things later what you can't do is pass up on talent because the goal here in the draft needs to be able to to find that next star and Mm -hmm. if you are taking a guy who you think is less talented but a better fit for your team that's that's the type of move that you make if you're a contending team. You're not going to find yeah. that you're not going to have as high of a probability of finding that star if you're passing up talent because you're worried about positional fit. So, um look, yeah, that that's it for the Cavs, right? I mean, it's pretty much stay the course. It's don't do anything dumb, don't sign any bad contracts or anything like that. If Matthew Delavadova gets an offer for a lot of money somewhere else, okay. You can find somebody else to, to fill that role there. You, oh, you yeah, draft absolutely. somebody, you develop, and then you keep building from there and you try to keep your books as clean as possible. And if there's an opportunity for you to maybe use some cap space in an advantageous way, absorb a bad contract like what the Memphis Grizzlies did with Andre Iguodala and pick up a first rounder, those are the types of moves that you need to make as you kind of build. But this isn't going to be an overnight thing where suddenly the Cavs are good next year. If I'm them, I'm not looking at next season and thinking, oh, we're a playoff team. Be realistic about what you've got and build for the long haul. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm I'm, going to do this right after you said, we're not going to talk a lot about the draft here. Um, (laughs) I I think, you know, a guy like LaMelo Ball, too, because I'm not convinced he's he's necessarily a point guard in the NBA, but I think he's, you know, definitely an NBA player. Um, I think he would be awesome for them you know another guy who's a a third playmaker ball handler and what you could almost do with him is and i apologize they're cutting our lawn as we're recording this so i'm sure that's being picked up the perils of the home studio um yeah so uh let me move my mic a little bit closer and hopefully that'll help um you know but one of the things that i think with ball is you you he's he's a wing for them because of his size compared to the other two guys in the backcourt but then you could you could have him be the primary playmaker while he's setting up the other two guys and i think that would be you know something that would really work out pretty good there so yeah i I think it's um you know gonna be gonna be a really fun um you know way to watch how they put this team together but i think they're minimum you know another year or two years away and probably a kevin love deal away from really us understanding what this team's gonna be yeah yep agreed all right let's move on to the golden state warriors 
look, this team, bottom of the barrel in the Western Conference, they went, they were, you know, the cream of the crop. And they fell really fast because injuries decimated their team. But this is not a normal bad team. This is this is a team yeah. that's bad because of injuries, but could be one of the top teams in the Western Conference again next year if everybody is healthy. So this is an interesting squad. Of course, people are going to point to the San Antonio Spurs when they were good, good, good. Then suddenly they were bad. They drafted Tim Duncan, and then they're good again. They were bad because everybody was hurt, and then they, they win the lottery and they get Tim Duncan. Um, could we see a similar scenario here with this Golden State Warriors squad once they take a high draft pick right now? Could be could be number one. They get a high draft pick. Maybe they trade it. Maybe they, they use it on somebody. And then you're going to have Steph Curry coming back, Clay Thompson coming back. Uh, you're st- you still have Draymond Green. They added Andrew Wiggins, who, yes, he's overpaid, but he can still do some things on the basketball court. Um, they've got some real pieces here where this team can be very, very dangerous next season, especially if they can move that pick for a win-now piece. Yeah, and that's the, the – the, now I'm like right on top of the mic. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm going to keep moving it around as they make the passes on on the, the lawn, which I pass with like two pushes with the push mower, be it they go by 17 times with the ride on, so I don't get it. Um, they're they're but, laughing at you right now. They know. Yeah, probably. Right? Yeah, I think they were like, oh, he plugged the mic and get get down the street and cut his grass um, after spending the all day long down the road. Um, but, yeah, you know, so the Warriors, I think you're absolutely right. There's a big part of me that wants them to get the number one pick Mm -hmm. because i just want to see everybody freak out and completely lose their minds now could you imagine if they were getting the number one pick and this was like a year ago's draft like and it's like oh of course they're getting zion you know and the nba you know and all these things it's it's a little more fortunate for those uh maybe unfortunate for those conspiracy theorists out there that it is a it's not the best draft in the world But, but yeah and and it's funny because i see so much of well, they're, they're never going to use it. they got to move that pick. You know, that pick's going to be traded no matter what. I don't know that I believe that. I, I think there's a chance they're going to pick pick whoever it is because one is whoever comes in for them, let, let's just say it was the guy I really like for them, and I know people are souring on him a little, but I like Wiseman because he fills mm-hmm. a positional need. And, I you know, I think he's going to be a pretty good pro, um, at least offensively. You, they can bring him on slowly. You know, he can play 10, 15 minutes a game in his first year and just bring him on and let him learn the NBA game and go from there. So I think, you know, that starts to become uh, something that is really, you know, um, for, for the Warriors, no matter who they pick, you know, you can shepherd that guy along a little bit here. You don't have to rush it um, because they're going to be really good. You know, assuming they're healthy, which we have no reason to believe they won't be. Right. You know, you've, you've still got Curry, Clay, Dre. You know, that's that's great. You know, that, that's as good a threesome as anybody's guy in the league if those guys are healthy. You know, I mean, we even Draymond Green this year, where clearly it was a down year and he, you know, at times looked like he didn't really care. He still was a good player. He got know, kicked right? out of so, some games, and I think he was a little bit relieved to get kicked out of some of those games this year. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there was a, you know, ah, my, my uh, you know, shoulder's bugging me a little right. bit today. And they were like, oh, yeah, don't play. You know, sit out. Because, I mean, clearly once it became – you know, uh, you know, Curry got hurt. That was it. We're we're out on this year. Yeah. We're we're done. Um. So yeah, I think you know, I, I think they're going to be very. I I have a very hard time not envisioning them being a top four team in the West just because of the presence of the guys they have. And why not use the pick for yourself? Now, yeah, of course, if someone comes in with a slam dunk offer of, hey, we're going to give you you know a really good player because there's somebody we really want. 
you know, with your draft pick. That's it. But the other pieces, then you got to match salary. There's right. all those other things that go into that. What helps them though is they have the largest trade exception in the league, seventeen point two million, um, and that's be, be due to the Andre Godala trade, and that's huge. You know that you can get. You know you what? I don't know that they use that to get one guy. Because if, if just the education part of the show, you have to fit within the trade exception amount. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't add that to salary. You can't be you know oh the guy makes you know, twenty million. That's close. There's no the rules don't work that way. You have to fit within it. I don't know that they use that on one guy or do they use that on like two or three players because you know two or three guys that make five million a piece. You know and that's how you you start to build out your depth a little because let's face it this team could use some depth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're very top-heavy, and so maybe they do that to kind of reload in depth. I mean, they lost Sean Livingston. They lost uh, Andre Iguodala. They've lost some pieces, right? And so they could use that in order to kind of rebuild that depth. Um, I just think when I look at, you know, Steph Curry, 32 years old, your window to win is is right now. And you look at what's in the West. There's some really good teams in the Western Conference. I mean, sure. you've got the Lakers. You've got the Clippers. You've got the Denver Nuggets are coming up. Uh, the Houston Rockets are doing crazy things with their small ball and, and all that sort of stuff. There's And the you know the Blazers are better than, than what we've seen because they haven't been healthy. You've got teams in the West that are very good. So I think if there's the opportunity there, there to move the pick and get something that can help them right now, it would make a lot of sense unless, like you said, they feel like they find a rookie that they believe can help in the near future, like right, like next season can be a big help. Um, I don't know for sure if they're going to find that, but who are some guys, if they decide that, hey, we're, we're just going to shop this thing around and we've got, let's say it's the number one pick, who are some guys that you think they should be targeting? Like what doors would you be knocking on with that number one pick? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um you stumped me, man. I wasn't it's, expecting it, that one. It, no, it's it's hard, really, thinking about, okay, find a team that would part with this player for this number one pick, and that's where it gets tough for me. Like, Because it makes it all kinds of sense in the world for them to move the pick and get some sort of win-now piece unless they feel like there's a home run in the draft, which I don't know what there is. Um, but it's hard to find that guy out there that's going to be a great fit for them that would be worth giving up the number one pick for and that the other team would be willing to do it. Yeah, you know, and it's tough too because it's yeah because there isn't a slam dunk great player in the draft, right? Right, that's the the other challenge because a guy who I would love for them now would cost them trading Andrew Wiggins, who we haven't talked about yet. Is yeah. you know that's and I know that's a favorite of everybody's is you know let's make you know thirty seven different Andrew Wiggins trades, you know where they do this and in some of those trades it depending on who's proposing them and you know throwing them out there whether it be I think as you mentioned the real GM forums or you know throwing yeah. them to us on Twitter and those kind of things. Um, did sometimes people are well Andrew Wiggins is still really good and it's like he you know has really great positive value and then other people are like he stinks give up the number one pick and go you know uh, I've seen a lot of that have to give it up a yeah, lot, there's a a lot, lot of people of saying give up the number one pick just to move Wiggins off of your books which to me is just yeah you know madness yeah that's crazy to me you like there's no he's not that bad for what they need him to be I kind of want to see him in, in and around the other three mm-hmm. guys and then insert veteran big man here. Yeah, and see, can he be a Harrison Barnes plus for them? You Maybe. know, so somebody who can you know, give you some scoring, a little bit of defense on the wing. You know, is, is, he, you know, is he finally, now that he's the fourth, you know, option on a team, is that, you know, much, albeit, you know, much overpaid, but is that the right slot for him? You know, that's really interesting. I think I'm going to move my mic so I don't lose you completely. You know, the guy who I would love that could – potentially be available this summer now it would cost some wiggins but lamarcus aldridge 
he'd be fantastic yeah. i think for this team you know you slot him in there at the the five um you know i think he'd be really really good and you could even get you know get another veteran big in that plays next to to the two of them mm-hmm. uh next to him in green you know at times and you know uh, maybe let aldridge play the four some you know i because because i'm looking at it it's got to be a be a bad team yeah, that that you're looking at, right? Because no, no good team is going to do anything they can to help the Warriors. And I, I question if even a bad team is is going to help the Warriors. Um, do you go to you know a guy who would fit within the uh, trade exception? Do you go to the Hawks and say, hey, you have both Capella and Deadman? Yo, Deadman, D- does he make some sense for them? You know, as, as a big man. Um, yeah, sure, that, but not for that. The, not for that pick. Not for the pick, no, but just no, in general, definitely not yes. for the number one right. pick. But just in general, you know, is that is that a trade target that could make sense yeah. for the number one pick? I, I don't know, man. Aldridge is the only guy who kind of stands out to me, just because I think it's it's got to be somebody off a bad team, um, and I don't see that there's any really bad teams that would be willing to give up guys me, that I would trade the number one pick for. Let me throw one out there to you, and the guy that you're familiar with, Nikola Vucevic. Now Orlando's in the playoffs, right? Yeah. He doesn't have the name value as as say Lamarcus Aldridge does, but you look at the skill set. I think he'd be really interesting in Golden State. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, hmm. I'm thinking about it. This is wonderful podcasting. Right here with this <laughs> dead silence. Um, yeah, man, that's an interesting one. I you know, I don't know that he fully fits, but. Then again, Andrew Bogut was their center for the right. whole start of this run. Yeah. And, you know, Vooch can do a lot of the same things Bogut can do. Plus, he can hit the outside shot. Right. Um, better than Bogut. Bogut's a better defender, um, better passer, too. Um, so that, you know, does matter for them. I, but Vooch I may is a, have an inflated opinion of, of, Vuce, of Vucevic because he kills my Lakers all the time. So so maybe <laughs> does, maybe yeah. I, maybe I've got maybe him on a higher level than – Yeah, so <laughs> – yeah, no, he is. Yeah, that's a good one. I, you know, I I think it would be tough for the Magic to give up on. Like, but mm-hmm. honestly, sorry, um, got someone calling me here. Keith, we've got um, we've got so, the lawnmower. We, we've got, I know. And now now we got people, I got my next interview and everything. So let me uh see see how I can make that work here. Um yeah man that's a that's an interesting one. Um you know Vooch is interesting. I d I don't know. I, I hadn't really thought about that. Um you know so uh yeah that that's tough. Um yeah that I, I like it. I like it a lot for the Warriors. I don't know that I like it for the magic. I think that's mm-hmm. where where it falls apart for, for me is is the magic side. Um you know with that. I've had a ton of people say, would Aaron Gordon make sense for them? Yeah. You know, throw him there, let him really learn from from Draymond for a year. And I, I, I kinda like that idea, but again, I don't know. And I think the last thing the magic want is another young guy. Yeah, that makes come sense. Come in, especially a young guy who's not gonna be a you know, slam dunk all star, you know, big time guy for them. I, I think that becomes really really hard to to do so so that's uh that that's a that's a challenge uh, i think there um you know with that so i yeah that's a good one you know um, the the other interesting thing as we kind of get ready here to close the books on the warriors you mentioned they have no free agents they they don't have anybody who's who they could leave they have some some uh non-guaranteed guys but they have no free agents so pretty much the warriors offseason is going to come down to what they do with their draft picks and then what they do on the trade market Yep, absolutely. That's exactly what it's going to come down to. They're over the tax already. 
that's the, even before anything, you know, with the cap dropping and the tax dropping. So they are way over. I get the mic out of my face so I'm not screaming at you because um, I think they're done mowing the lawn. Um, yeah, it, it's it's what can they do in trades, especially with that trade exception? What do they do with the draft pick? And is there a Wiggins move? I don't think there's going to be. I think he's they acquired him to have him. Um, and then health. That, that's really all that matters. If they have those, uh, their three core guys healthy, they're going to be a good – they're a playoff team. Mm-hmm. At bare minimum, a playoff team. And uh, at the high end, they're they're a title contender. And I tend to think more towards the title contender. I think, you know, maybe another uh, year or two of that without some significant reinforcements, you know, they, they can be there. Because you just think about it. You, even – right, you're the Lakers guy. Like, there had to be a point where it's like, damn it, maybe the Warriors are going to be the eighth seed right before they right. really fell off yep. the planet. And that was when we were thinking, like, and I, I just remember looking at it like, man, I would not want to go against Steph and Clay no. in the first round. Like, they, you know, they could both score 40 in the same game and win the game that way. And now all of a sudden you're, you know, now it's a series and you didn't expect it to be a series. So that's where, you know, I just, they're, they're just so tough. And I think Clay's the kind of guy who I think, I think he's going to bounce back from this really well. I think he should be okay. You know, just the way his game is, I think, um, you know, Steph is Steph. We even saw that in the, you know, glimpses that we saw of him right before the season shut down. He looked, right. you know, he looked like Steph. I, I think, you know, he's going to age quite well. And you know, Dray- Draymond, I think, I think he's a guy who might fall off the cliff in the next couple of years. But I think he's also the guy who he can bring it when he needs to. And I think now he's full on at, like, if there ain't a reason, man, like you said, I, let me get a couple teas here and get bounced out yeah. of this thing and go <laughs> go home early and you know grab dinner and you know call it a night. Um, but I think you know boy, when he needs to, he's going to be there. And I think Wiggins is going to be all right for them. I, you know, I'm, I'm really anxious to see what that looks like. You know, there. I, I just got to wonder is you know is you know does he become the most overpaid fourth man in the league? But for the Warriors, where they're at, does that really matter? I think no. you know for them is as long as he's playing a role and helping them win. The the check is what it is. That that part's you know done. So, yeah, I, I think that's an interesting group. One one note I forgot to share when we started with these guys, they have no pending free agents. Yeah, yeah, right. we, were, we were just it, saying that, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Every single guy is under contract now. They've got a bunch of guys as they were kind of doing some diamond mining, is what I like to call it. At the end of the year, they they've got a bunch of guys on non guaranteed contracts and the like. Guys like you know Kai Bowman and uh, uh, Juan Toscano Anderson and those types of players who you know might be there. But but yeah, it's it's kind of weird when you look at it. And it's like this team has no free agents. Like like that's an interesting thing. But but yeah, man, I'm 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 uh, they might be the team that intrigues me the most. This summer, just because I think they've they're in just such a weird spot where yeah. it's so weird to 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 very much say, yeah, that's a playoff team, maybe even a title contender, and yet they might have the first pick in the draft, and it's and it's their own pick. It's not even like the Celtics situation right. where you know the the Nets and all that stuff. Like, like it's just yeah, it's such a weird thing. So that's why I'm you know super intrigued to see how they they you know put this all together uh, this summer. It's a rare spot to be in, but I'm bullish on their future. I think that they are, you know, as much as we want to say, oh, you know, the Warriors are done and people are, are tired of them and all that kind of stuff. I think they're going to be around for a while. Um, I think yeah. that they've got uh, they've got some building blocks here and they're going to have the opportunity to be right back in the mix next season. Um, How right. weird is it that we did 
four years of Warriors Cavs finals, and then here they are, the first two teams we talked because about. Because they're dead last. The two worst teams in the league. <laughs> yeah, that's so, you know, that's almost like an NFL type thing, right? right? Where teams there can, you know, go from worst to first and first to worst, you mm-hmm. know, pretty quickly. That is that is really funny. I just, you know, kind of thought of that that symmetry on this. And unfortunately, Cavs fans, I think the Warriors are, are coming back to back to prominence uh, quite, quite a bit quicker. The Cavs, than the Cavs not quicker. so much. <laughs> yeah, not so much. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we wrap things up there, uh, Keith? Thanks again. I mean, awesome stuff that went over these uh, the Warriors, the Cavs, everything going on in the world of the NBA, and just uh, come back soon, basketball. We're ready. Yeah, yeah, we're we're there. I, I can't wait. I think um, you know we're a couple weeks away. I think mm-hmm. we'll do some things once it's more sure and we have schedules and all that we'll do some predictions and yeah. you know let things play out and those sorts of things but then i think uh yeah and then we've got uh you know we'll we'll keep plugging along with the teams as they're the 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 uh remainder of the delete eight uh trademark john hollinger um we we will talk about them uh coming up and then we'll talk about teams as they're eliminated from walt disney world and kicked out to the curb um you know here and uh swinging by my house on the, on their way uh way home so we'll we'll talk about those teams as well and you'll get an understanding and we'll, you know, we'll talk about all 30 you know before this is done it's just going to be on a very different time frame than what we're used to it'll be deep <laughs> into the fall <laughs> we'll figure it out we yeah, will get it done um yeah. guys thanks everybody for watching and listening please make sure you do rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts and uh and don't forget to follow the lakers nation youtube channel if you're watching us there uh keith thanks again man and uh and stay safe yeah, thanks, man. Stay safe. Everybody, wear your masks. Please. Wear your masks, please. It's not for you. It's for everybody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Till next time, you guys out there all stay safe as well. See ya.